Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. Julie, another episode. Here we are. Here we are. It's episode 10. Which is really exciting. It is. This is our first season and we're recording this at the beginning of December and I've just announced that we're actually doing a podcast, which is hilarious because we're three <laughs> deep already. That's how I roll. It's good. You can't keep them away. You got to get them going. It's like, uh, I, I feel like they're doing that on streaming shows now, right? Like drop yeah. a bunch at the beginning and then make people wait. Binge, yeah. binge. You can binge yeah. the first three. Um, yeah. So I haven't talked about us podcasting because I haven't really talked about coaching because and then I had to think about like the business of the coaching. So I thought we could for, talk about that real. maybe. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Um, I was sharing with someone else. So I set up my scheduling website and then like had to make a drink because that, <laughs> that alone was like exhausting. And there's so many options and it's like, what do I need? And then you have to go in and like click the calendar to the times and the days. What do you schedule with? Let's talk, let's talk nuts and bolts for our listeners. Yeah. I went to Acuity, okay. uh, which was recommended by some folks. It actually was a super simple in- interface. I will like say that that was great. Um, I just did the basic, most basic plan because, you know, getting things up and running and I don't need to interface with like multiple schedulers or things like that. So um, yeah, that's, it's nice so. to give people a link to go sign up and do the thing. And then I'm doing Calendly because I've always used Calendly and I really like them. And I actually listened to how I built this on Calendly recently. Um, I like that. So I've invested in them because I've used them for free for years. And I just like that it could link to, I think the paid version gets me um, multiple calendars, which is helpful when you want to cross work with your own LLC and other stuff. So, Yeah. Do you have a form for your clients? Um, there is a form that they fill out when they um, uh, sign up and then they can change it. Um, what do you ask in your intake form for your clients that you coach? They have a form that they fill out, basic contact information. And then I ask them generally what they want to talk about. But in our exploration sessions, I let them know, like, we can always change, right? It's what what you're feeling at that appointment time. It might not be what you want to talk about when you roll in. Maybe something's happened, um, you know, but I think it does give them a good sense to think about where would I like to focus. Oh, so I'm, I should ask you two questions. I've got two different calendar appointments, uh, exploring coaching, which is like a 30 minute free consult. And you have that too. Is that correct? I don't have that on my calendar yet. So I have not publicly put my calendar out there. I am still okay. like soft. Like the only people with my link are the people that I've contacted. So it's the soft launch of Julie coaching. Yeah. Okay. So I got uh, two forms. Um, one's exploring and I list things that maybe they are coming to me because they found me or know about me, but I, they don't have to stay tied to this, but my question I do ask them is what motivated you explore coaching? Yeah. Yeah. And you I know, ask them if you've been coached in the past, cause that's kind of important to me. So I know what they think if they have a premeditated, this is what coaching is. So I know that. Yeah. I, um, asked both of those in the exploratory session and it was really interesting to 
hear that all three of my folks that I'm working with right now um, have had some type of coaching, right? Or are familiar at least with what it what it is. And I was happy that when we talked about kind of what brought them or what they'd like to talk about, they it all fit very well within coaching, right? Like um, folks really seem to understand that, uh, you know, let's pick something, let's work through something, let's get some strategies for something, but it's not like me solving your problems. So was your past coaching like what we know coaching to be and how it's defined? See episode one. (laughs) Um, A little bit. Most, some of it was uh, more, I would say like really single targeted coaching. Most of them have done like some really targeted career coaching before. Um, And it doesn't sound like it was sustained, but at least enough to be aware of kind of what would happen with that process. Interesting. Cool. Um, I have, so my second form, I do ask for information. So we will, Julie and I have both asked for contact information, like your phone number, mailing address, because that's some things we need to do to collect hours. We're coaches in training. So we have to have 100 hours. Um, 70% of those have to be paid in some format and 30% can be um, pro bono. And that's the requirement from ICF, the International Coaching Federation. And the hours were changed and modified because of the pandemic. It used to be 25 pro bono, 75 free. So um, my questions I ask, uh, I give them like coaching and or support related topics. So I do have the words habit, life or career transition, make a future decision. Like it's, I try to make it kind of open. Um, I ask them about, do they want to develop consulting or a side hustle? Do they want to improve remote work, teaching, learning life? I left mm. that life one in there because it's important. Um, yeah. And then things I could prepare. Cause I always like them to like, it's kind of like the pre-work before they come in. So mm. what do you mean? Like things that you will prepare or things that they will prepare? Things that uh, could prepare them. So please, I just say, share with me anything that you might want to talk about. And some people write like one or two things, uh, goals, questions, ideas, um, is what I give as a prompt. And sometimes people like write like a little essay and I'm like, Hmm, good to know. So it gets me to know the client a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the business. Let's go back to the business. Okay. Um, I asked you, what do you do to charge people? Cause I'm now getting clients that are outside of my immediate referrals. And I said, what do you use? Cause I've got a few options, but I don't know what to do. So Venmo is one I'm thinking about. Yeah. And okay. Online one is PayPal, but if you own it as a business, it charges you 3%. So I have to think that into my cost structure, I guess. Mm -hmm. What else? I, um, you know, I don't know. This is a big kind of like area of unknown for me. And I, uh, it, it is exhausting, right? I I think this is, um, where I am hitting a lot of questions. We talked about this in class yesterday. We had our last class for this kind of chunk. And, um, I think I am really in a space of like, wow, where am I going next? Right? Like how, how do I want to approach this? Because it's a lot of work and I, and it should be right. Like it definitely should be. But I think when we think about time and life and pandemic and all of those things, it, it's a little like, okay, how do I, how do I put that effort in or where do I put that effort in? Yeah, I think it's, I, I blogged about it and I'm happy to share this post, but I think the community of coaches in our cohort and the one before have shared um, examples and things, how they manage um, people have used uh, for clients. They've used like interface, like a notion. I use honestly, simply I pay for Dropbox. So I use, a, I have a folders in Dropbox with my clients and I link their recordings if they want to listen. Um, and if I have any notes, I actually may have a private one or I might share with them depending on what they prefer. A lot of them like the email reminder. So I actually just give them an email follow-up of notes and then I copy that email into 
my own private client notes. And I, I use Dropbox a whole lot. Um, yeah. But are you doing anything like that? I mean, I also have have a, yeah, I also have a Dropbox set up for right now because I had Dropbox. Um, and I, and you know, for me, it's all about like, <laughs> well, like uh, low barrier to entry, obviously it's my theme. And so like you're saying, already having Dropbox set up, I was like, uh, Notion has been talked about with several folks in our cohort and the other cohort. And I was like, I just... I don't need it right now. Like I don't have the volume of clients yet. So let's see how Dropbox works. Um, I will say though, I very quickly uh, was like, oh, let me reshuffle some folders and some files in Dropbox because of the size and everything um, with recordings and things like that. So yeah, I pay, I pay for Dropbox because I also, um, <laughs> I have a lot of podcasts and I have a lot of other files and videos and things that I create. So I, I've been paying for that for years and I, I think it's, it's a nice encrypted service. Um, I didn't want my clients to sign up for something else and Dropbox, yeah. you can send them the link and they can download and listen and email is like keeping it simple in the times yeah. of the pandemic. It's kind of what I was thinking, like email and then zoom. Oh, we meet with our clients. We should say, on oh, yeah. Zoom or by mm-hmm. phone, which I'm learning. Talk, talk about that one, Julie. Well, you know, something that I talked about um, with each of the clients. So I have three new clients that I just started with last week. So this is me kind of branching out and getting ready to test these waters. And um, as I was talking to each of them, we all sort of connected around the fact that we're in front of so many screens, right? And right. Um, I panicked question mark like or just wasn't really <laughs> clear-headed and offered to me over phone um and which is and they all and they all chose that option right which I get um things about me if anyone listening really knows me this is not a surprise I live for like connection and so the loss of the facial expressions and like the reaction to things was really difficult actually to navigate through that right um I think part of that we talk about coaching presence and part of that is responding to what you see for me at least. And so that was hard. Um, The other piece too, is that, you know, we do need some of these recordings for our own certification and kind of moving through that process. So was able to kind of like adjust that and moving forward, we'll offer audio because I do understand if you need a break from the video, but moving back into zoom. So, you know, learning as you go (laughs) with anything new. Well, it's interesting. I'm glad that you did offer that and said that. Like I, I said, you could use Zoom, but you could also, I just think about recording with audio only. That's what I did for most of my research. Like I had over a hundred research interviews for one project and like 97 for another project. And I did them all audio only. Um, and it was because the connections weren't always strong. They're worldwide. And I used Skype and I recorded with Audio Hijack. Um, so you might want to think about, uh, honestly, you could probably record with your phone and an app. And I did that for one of my clients because I upgraded to don't do this when you have clients or you're recording podcasts, uh, upgrade to big Sur iOS and realize nothing works. So you have to Jerry rig a, um, iPad and record with your phone. You can still do that. So you could record those calls on your phone, um, and save it. You just have to be good about organizing your files and stuff later because, I agree with that. Like not having to see someone, it, it does bear, um, the nonverbals. I think you'd still be good at that. It would take some Mm -hmm. getting used to, but I think you'd do that. Yeah. And I think some of it is that comfort, right? So I'm really excited. Something that I did realize was, wow, these were good conversations and I'm excited for them to be great conversations as we like fall into a rhythm, right? Like any sort of new relationship, you know, there's, you're waiting to kind of like understand cadence, you're waiting to understand tone, you know, uh, how theme or reactions and that kind of thing. And like, what can you pick up on? So um, 
And I think that will make not having the visual less of an impact too once you get more comfortable and know the folks. I'll toss in a podcast resource for you. Um, Zencaster is maybe one that you might want to do if they want audio only. Um, That way you don't have to use a Zoom room. It's free for hobbyists, meaning you record just one other person, which is what it is. And you get the audio file from the person you're recording directly from. It's kind of synced to give you good quality audio if you're listening back. We do listen back. And I let my clients know, like, it will only be me and then maybe my coach trainer, Katie Linder. Um, other than that, like it's yours, it's mine, and that's it. Um, because even if I'm not doing an observation with Katie, I think it has helped me to listen back. Like I listen back to recordings all the time in audio. So it's not a big deal for me to listen back to um, a session. It reminds me that I was like, oh, this is really valuable as a new coach to record it somehow. So talking about the ways we do it is really helpful. So you might find Zencaster helpful or just giving them an, a number to call in on your Zoom. They could just call from their phone. They don't have to even be on Zoom. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we that's what we got to, what I got to with one of my clients. And I get it. You know, something we've talked about before too, I think this is in a class, is that, you know, people reflect in different ways. So your client might want to be walking around and, yeah. and kind of, or maybe they want to have this conversation and not be sitting in their house in front of like the four people that they've been around for eight months. And so how how do you allow for some space for them to make sure that they're in the best space possible for them as you start a session too. What other kind of business tools are you thinking about? I know I have something to do because I moved. I had an LLC before and I still do have it. I just have to move it to Washington state from Texas. That was my plan for the end of the year fun. Um, But like, are there other things you're thinking about? Are you thinking about having an LLC for you or is that a whole nother? It's like, I just want to hang up the phone right now. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Like it's you something know, to like, consider. Yeah. I know. Um, and the only reason I had it before was I was doing consulting with people and doing design that they could not pay a person. They had to pay a company. And now that we coach an LLC might be of value. Um, there's a link to kind of an old school episode of uh, Katie's You Got This podcast that talked about starting up an LLC and why doing it. And for coaching, I was like, oh, this could be a valuable in case there isn't not that there would be a lawsuit against anything I'm doing. Because right. the coach, is, the client is, you know, leading this discussion themselves, but it's something that maybe you'd want to have it in some shape yeah. or form. Well, I, I hear that. I think too, that's part of the reason why I haven't pushed for paid clients yet, because I'm like, <laughs> let me kind of sit in this pro bono space and figure out what I want to do. Um, actually, my biggest thing, which I'm a little embarrassed to admit that I need to do next is my contract. So I did a pretty oh, yeah. like informal written agreement with these folks, right? Like we talked about it and it's an email. And so it's like, I could reference it. You know, I'm not that worried about it um, because this is kind of like an informal pro bono situation, but that's what I need to focus on is like, what does my contract look like? So when I kind of take this next step um, with some more like longer term clients, perhaps, or if these folks want to continue on. So for folks listening, I mentioned this to Laura. So I did, because we do have a limit on our pro bono hours. I um, asked for some volunteers to get this pro bono coaching, but then limited the number of sessions that I could do with them for this first round, just because we do have a limit of our pro bono hours. So I offered everyone three sessions um, in this pro bono space. So my goal is to get that contract ready. So if they want to extend, or if I need to reach out to additional folks, like that is ready. 
Yeah, we were given a good template in our first course. Um, and it, I think it is important to have that. Um, some of my paid clients is wraps into two other kind of uh, side gigs I have. So that's been nice. Um, but yeah, as I expand further, I am thinking about ways to like um, create those documents and automate some of the workflow. And that's why I was thinking about how am I going to pay instead of having five ways, pick the one that's going to work or the contract method of what does that look like and how do you sign it? Um, yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about that too, um, because I think we're still uh, baby steps into what this looks like for the business of coaching. And we have some people that do some of this, but um, that are in our cohort and, and we can ask about, but we don't really talk about like, Julia, we're like, what are you charging? I was like, I don't know. What are you charging? And so going out there and I love coaches. Like I shared a link and I'm happy to put this in the show notes. I loved um, it's uh, Kath, uh, Cynthia Pong is she's got a nice sliding scale on investing um, for her eight sessions. It depends on what your salary is this is what she charges. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, every coach will do usually a free exploratory. Um, I think the biggest thing you and I talked about for this, it's a value of you want to make sure you're reaching the clients you want. You're supporting the people you can. And it's not just about you being a huckster out there. Yeah. Well, and there's, and I know that this happens, right. I think about hairdressers, uh, which is like kind of, but you know, yeah. you will get more expensive as you go too. Right. So it's like, where do I set the bar now? Because while I'm being diligent and like going through my training and doing stuff, I'm still new. Right. And I don't want to undercut myself, but I also don't want to charge the same as a coach who's been coaching for 10 years. Right. Cause I don't know that that's where I need to be. So what yeah, about that? I I think I told you this, Julie. I think my minimum is uh, right, right now, early coach days was it was 50, 60, because that's what I was making with other like clients that I was doing before. Um, and I think you have, even though you're a new quote unquote coach, you have the expertise and experience you've been doing for years. And I think the idea is to like bundle like a three or six or 12 package. So you have um, someone that's, yeah, investing money, but it's going to be a long-term investment. And what's kind of neat about coaching is, we always saw it as, oh, I don't want the, why is that value to me being spent? I was like, well, think about some stupid webinar. They put like four to $500 in. You're going to get quality one-to-one personalized coaching feedback questions about themselves in a dedicated, I don't know, six hours that you'd spend on a webinar is what I was thinking. So um, that's kind of how I saw it. And I was like, that's true. Why do people spend money on like these other memberships on professional orgs or paying for something else when they would get that time spent with you really well? Yeah, it's true. It's really true. So, but there's confidence. I mean, you know, I had a really good discussion with someone in there too. And I think this fits with business because there's that you did as well, right? Not to out our discussions with our folks, but it's like, you know, there is a confidence piece of starting this business. Am I ready to launch? Am I ready to publish? Right? Like, am I good enough to charge for this? Uh, You know, like, I, I think that's what I hear all of us wrestling with too in our cohort. Yeah, I I peer pressured my coachee in practice to publish their website. And even though it's not perfect, I said, you're going to work on it and you could share it when you want to. And I think my my challenge for self is like, talk about the podcast we have slash that you coach. Because when you put it out there, my my biggest fear was like, people are going to need it because we're in this time where, oh my God, everyone needs coaching. And uh, you and I have co-opted and gone to training where we get to coach on the regular and it's the floodgates are going to be open. So I was trying to think think about how do you manage that while having a full-time job and something, I had an interesting conversation with my uh, boss two up and we both work at some same big company. And 
she thought I was doing this coaching to like coach myself to get myself into a new role or level up. And I was like, no, I want to keep the job I have. I'd like to do this on the side because I don't do this kind of one-to-one work. I'm not a people manager right now. Um, I just get fulfillment out of it. So I did say, I'd love to have it as a piece of what I do in the future. And maybe if it works on our team and it does map to some of our goals, that would be cool. Letting you know, I'm interested and getting trained up. Um, But it's not so much of doing something else. It's doing this well in conjunction that complements the work we do daily, I think. Yeah. I hear that. I'm curious that um, is kind of a hard shift, but related in my mind, what have you learned since we're both doing this on the side about when you can coach in your week? Cause I have thoughts about that. Yeah, that's good. So as we set up our calendars and plan, make our plans, um, I've treated coaching sometimes as my lunchtime break because some people want it in the morning. And then I also have clients that are uh, being in the Pacific Northwest. I get up a whole lot earlier than what's planned. And so I can meet people at like five, six, six in the morning, seven in the morning before I go to my regular job. Um, and that works too. Um, evening, it gets a little tricky because I like to be, I like to keep my evening sacred. I don't have littles like you, but I do have like a family that's expects to have some downtime and do something. So I try to be mindful of how many evenings are spent doing something else that's not with them. So does that answer your question? It does. And I, you know, I, I definitely went into kind of an experimental mode with this first one and I had three appointments in the week. So I'm going to actually change that. Cause for me, that's a lot. Um, and that's one thing I did like about acuity is that you can schedule, like I scheduled tons of open time, but then you can say no more than two in a day and no mm. more than two or three in a week. So you can kind of limit it to like, Oh, then it's just going to show up full after a certain point, which I really like that feature. Um, I learned <laughs> Uh, I took an appointment Friday at 4.30. Worst idea ever. So who <laughs> wants to be mentally focused Friday at 4.30? Not I. Uh, <laughs> learned that. Learned that. Um, I also did some morning ones, right? So we are we are house of early risers because of the littles. And um, that is easy for me to sneak away and do that. And I have a, one of my clients on the East Coast. So that was perfect. And I did appreciate that. Um, definitely with drinking coffee. Don't know if that's like, you know, good form or not, but I was like, sorry, it's early. We're going to have some coffee in this. Um, no, I always tell my coaches, like, you got your beverages, you're going to be hydrated. Let's, let's lock in, let's do it. Let's get to work. So no, I think it's, uh, I think it's funny. I, I like the cutie idea of like scheduling out and I've seen it on, um, people's calendars that I book with them. Um, I just block my time and kind of know when I don't want to. Um, so Calendly does the adjust of time and you can modify it. Listen, I, my calendar is open for a bunch of people for a podcast for coaching this, and so if I've got too many, I pull. I just put blockers on there, and yeah. I, I'm very cognizant of making sure, like, there's equity of I'm working full time, and I'm only going to be doing. I think my average is probably one a week or so, so one or two a week. Um, podcasting is another story. I don't want to talk about, it. but like, I think it it depends on. Um, yeah, it depends on what the time I can make. I usually it's one to two a week. And I, I want to have the energy for it. Like you said, mm-hmm. Friday, 4.30. Mm. Right. Not good. Not good. <laughs> because while I'll drink coffee in the morning, I drew the line at like pouring a whiskey before I went into the coaching. <laughs> so like, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good call. Um, and it's funny because, well, as you say this, you're going to get to know your clients and they are going to become more familiar with you. And but that's also the point where, uh, we kick our clients out the door and that's what we want, but we want them to be productive self people. This is the same thing as advising, which I love academic advising is you want your people that you're coaching to go out into the world to sustain and live their best life without you. 
and their, yeah. po- their full potential. And that's, and it, I think it's different from a therapist that you're like, I could come back or I should just keep doing this. I was like, maybe you don't, maybe you come to a coach for a little bit, do, 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 tool up. And then I don't know, off you go. Yeah. You know, it, it was really interesting because I, had, I, so three sessions this weekend and one was like really good. Right. The other two were like, we're getting to know each other. And one was pretty good. And at the end, this person had made a decision, which was like so great, you know. Um, and then it was, I had to remind them because they were like, Well, this is what I'm gonna do. And they're like, that's what I should do, right? Like, that's that's what you think I should do. And so we had a fun discussion about like doesn't really matter what I think you should do. <laughs> what do you think you should do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't always work that way because sometimes you're in sessions and you're like, what did we do? But it, it's yeah. interesting because they come back. So knowing that you've had three this week, they may come back next week or in two weeks or a month and said, I finally did the thing I said out loud to you. And it, it just takes, like, I have to remind myself, all of this takes like time to process. So um, yeah, I've been reflecting about that practice and process and not all things come. Uh, this week was less like coachy for me, but I did do a group coaching session. So I can talk to you about that yeah. in my yeah. other course. Um, I was the coach. And I think what helped me was I had a podcast interview before where I was chatty. So this session, I was like, coach I'd ask a question and then yeah 11 seconds of that or more and so it was very quiet so I'm not going to edit out that pause so it was um so I said Laura was really good to like ask a question and then say nothing and just let us reflect and I and it was a team topic of like winding down like how are you going to wind down 2020 and what are you looking forward to next year but they were all very reflective and intense and it was very painfully quiet and awkward but I let it sit and that let them think and so um I love group coaching um side tangent and I want to learn more about team coaching which we don't have in our curriculum but um I'd like to know and maybe this is a call out for anyone listening to this who is a coach or has been coached or knows about this team team coaching is something I know that I'm a bit I want to learn more about and Julie too because in the corporate landscape we do a lot more of that um it's different from group coaching because you're getting a team to collaborate to a common goal and you're getting them to work together for a bigger purpose and Group coaching, you might have people in there with same themes, thematic interests, but it's very individualized still. So if you know anything about teams, you too, Julie, let me know. Okay. Team coaching. I got really excited because I thought you meant team coaching like you and I on a team. And I just had pictures of us in like Sue Sylvester from Glee, like tracksuits, like really coaching some folks. <laughs> you know what? You just uh, manifested what our future might be, Julie. I'm not opposed to that. Uh, but it's it's the idea of like what we did back in sports and you're sporty too. And it's the idea of like coming together for bigger purpose. And I was like, ooh, I like this. And it, I still like the community and group coaching, but this one is like uh, getting people to map on to common interests and goals and getting them to drive forward. And it is more like sport, dance, whatever other team activities we have out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of sports, here's my pro tip for uh, people who need to practice waiting and for silence. Um, so I do a lot of facilitation. I also, in a previous life, was a distance swimmer. So when I would swim, I would do fractions in my head. And by fractions, I mean, I would just convert ec- like equal fractions, like one half is two fourths is three sixths. And that's how I would pass the time as I was swimming. It's also a great thing to do when you are waiting and like need to give a group like time to think and you don't want to rush and speak. So there's a little tip if you want to try it next time you need to like have some quiet and wait. Um, fun fact, I was also a distance swimmer and I had music in my head. So I have no idea what like this fraction business is. <laughs> um, 
man, you like maths more than I do is what I just learned in this podcast. Uh, so I think it's, it's, it's good to give wait time, even in one-to-one um, meetings and letting people think out things to process. Like you're, we're always cognizant of time and the time spent and the resources people are spending. Um, but having that space to like sit in silence and have someone listen to you, yeah. invaluable. Powerful. It's so powerful. What other, is there any other business of coaching things as we loop back to kind of what we jumped into that you're thinking about? I am curious, Laura, actually, like, what is your strategy going forward? So when we think about business of coaching or even just approach to like pathway of coaching, right? So we've had two of our main classes, which really is kind of all we need. And and you've taken an extra one. So you're sort of almost set up with classes completely. Um, I still need one. I'm going to take probably in January and kind of push forward with that. Um, but like, what's your approach as you think about growing your business? What feels like a next step for you? Yeah. Uh, so I, step one was publish the blog post today. Um, <laughs> December six, I talk about that. I am coaching, um, which is scary because a lot of people follow that blog and it goes out to Twitter and LinkedIn. So we'll see what happens there to be determined and discussed in a future episode. Um, the idea like you is to work towards accreditation, right? So I'm at 50 of my hundred hours I need for ACC level, which is the first level. Um, and I need that 501 or that last course that we need that mentoring course in May. So that's, I won't be able to apply for it till May till that finishes um, sometime in the summer. So I will work on my hours and I'm actually going to work towards the PCC, PCC, the professional coaching certification level. Uh, that's 500 hours. I will not get 500 hours in the next year. Cause that's just ridiculous. Cause that's not my job. Um, but I will work towards that. Um, I'll work on getting both. And the business side of it is to say what I want to be coaching on. And it's funny because when people listen to things I'm coaching on, so Katie's one of them that listens and because uh, she'll, she'll know some more about my clientele, my coaching's on transition. Like that's my thing. And some of it is career, actually a good chunk of it is career related, but it wraps into personal. So I've put on my coaching website, um, career by design is my focus. And I think it's around talents. Like I think, uh, and maybe I picked this up and I should give credit to uh, my friends and on a podcast on the Netflix, uh, what is it called? Now I need to look this up. I was just literally, so I do think talent is my interest and I'm going to push for that. Um, oh, present company with a, uh, Krista Smith, she says, my passion is talent. And I was like, it's true. Um, And I really want to know like how people cultivate it, what drives it, are we doing our best things in the work we do? And so I think that's going to be my coaching area, whatever that means, whether you're a leader, you're looking to up your own skills, you're looking to figure out where your skills best fit and how they transfer somewhere else, maybe, I don't know, or (laughs) you need to say, give your worth to your current employer and they need to pay you more and give you a better title. So like, that's been funny because a lot of my clients aren't necessarily like changing positions, but they want to transition in their current role. And it's them realizing I need to speak up or I need to say this, or I need to like go for that promotion as well. So I think my goal is to talk about that more. Um, and I've been quiet on my blog. I've only had like three posts, four posts this year, which is weird. So I'm going to write more about, um, maybe some of the things we talk about in the podcast into my own personal narrative. Cause that's where we can have narratives, not in coaching. And, uh, maybe something like thinking about, I don't know where it wraps into my current work. And I, I taught, this is what I talked to with my coaching friend in class, our last class is how can I propose what I do in my role 
that involves coaching somewhere in the team dynamic. And we, and we have to kind of cross verticals where we work and, and learning is not just in a classroom or an online, but it's coaching in the field and in production. So I need to like make a case and have a pilot for a project. That's what I'm thinking about for next year for actually taking coaching into uh, the office. Nice. Nice. How about yourself, Julie? What are you, what are you thinking about? I know you're nervous about nervosa about the upcoming, well, you did three this year, this week. So I can understand why you were. Yeah, I think, you know, I am really uh, feeling the weight of what it would mean to like kind of jump in, right? And I I do think coaching rather quickly becomes, you know, all the things we've talked about. Do I, if I'm going to start charging, how is that set up? Like, how am I counting, you know, take keeping track of this? How am I, uh, you know, contracting? Am I an LLC? And that, that does feel like a lot just kind of with life right now. And so I think for me, my goal for the rest of um, 2020 was to work with these a few pro bono clients and kind of see how I feel, you know, like, is this something that I really want to pursue right now as a full on side hustle? Is this something like you said, where I maybe focus for a bit on like, how do I bring this into work? You know, I'm doing a lot around leadership. I mean, we both work on this in this space for different areas, but like, you know, leadership and inclusion and working with managers and inclusion. And I think that coaching could be really powerful in that space. And so, you know, do I take some steps back and and just look at how I can hone this skill or a different type of skill set around coaching in the workplace around that? So um, I, like you, also am trying to figure out kind of what's my voice, who do I coach? Um, and uh, I don't have any other insight on that right now, right? So I think that'll be, maybe I can get some of that more, but I, that's kind of where I am. I, you know, part of me is like, I have to do something with this because we've invested some time and money to it. Um, but I think also I'm getting to the point where I'm like, if I don't, maybe that's okay. Right. Like, or maybe it's not as a side hustle. Like, is there a way to use these skills and really make a difference in a different way? Um, so I'm excited for season two of our podcast. There you go. Did you like, yeah, Let me I, drop it. There you go. It's, it's very funny that you say that because I think coaching could be very powerful in community for civic movements and other things. Like I, I too have been thinking about that. Like maybe it's not always just about the business and maybe this um, practice um, and process would be good invested to, I don't know, supporting future women out there, leaders, non-binary folks who want to run for an office or doing something good in society that helps our environment. Like I've just been thinking about, there's so many ways that this coaching, the skill and the process could help so many of these other things. Um, I also learned, I was listening to some design matters podcast with Debbie Millman. She interviewed Seth Godin, but I didn't realize um, it wasn't about him. She talked about Chip Heath and Dan Heath. They're the ones who have like the books of I don't know, switch or they've got made to stick is one people know about decision-making, blah, blah, blah. He's still, he's never left his, like he does other consulting and other projects on the side, but he still runs his, like his business, his full-time job is him working for another employer. And he just does this other thing on the side because the employer supports that. And I was like, what a cool little balance. And I, I think like, it'd be nice to have a bit of that. Cause I like what I do in day to day. And the reason coaching kind of fills my little, my little green chart uh, with like some joy and grows it three times bigger. Um, so like this coaching's one or podcast, like making no money off that is just something I enjoy doing that I don't do in my daily. Um, so maybe it's helping me nourish my soul a little bit. And it's not always about like the business, uh, but it's where does it fit into your life and when, and maybe if it's not right now, then maybe it will in the future. And yeah, that's a good, good call out. Yeah. It's been fun wrapping up our thoughts of six months of coach training, Julie, and I really appreciate those that are listening. 
Um, feel free to send us a tweet, send us some love. We're on the Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. And I'm looking forward to us uh, talking in season two. Till then. Thank you. We'll be coaching through it. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.